What's going on and welcome to another episode of Chicken Scratch Gospel coming to you from where my pool is. Uh, I am your host, Matt, along with me, my co-host, Daniel. What's up, man? How you doing? What's up, man? That pool, though. That pool? Yeah. It's not... It's okay. It's not quite ready to, you know, just be getting in yeah. and laps and stuff. It's starting to get hot, but like it's not, it's not warm. It's not bathtub water, which is great. Yeah. Jump in there. I, I know in the fresh. summer, man, that thing's gonna be sitting under the sun. Oh yeah, yeah, up. and it's so not super get, deep, so it's gonna get. Oh warm. yeah, yeah. You might not even want to be in the pool. You might want to just be under the water hose or something. Yeah, no, I'm gonna run through the sprinklers like, <laughs> like, <laughs> normal, like, like back in the weird. day. Yeah, huh? it's not gonna be weird. <laughs> the neighbors might think some stuff, but it's fine. I, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> So, so uh, I don't know if anybody has has ever done this, but I I wanna I wanna bring up a, a particular subject. The subject is is dining and dashing. If you guys don't oh, no. know what dine and dash is, oh, no. that means when you go somewhere, you go out to eat, and you get your food, right, and then you eat, and then you leave before you pay. That's dine and dash. Uh, Daniel, have you ever dined and dash? I've actually have never done that before. You've never dined and dash. I I never have. I mean, yeah, me either. Even even in my BC days, bro, <laughs> like I just couldn't do it, man. Um, man, I could. I've I've dined and not left a tip before. That's probably the worst I've done in that area of my life. I mean, is, <laughs> but you know what? I was I was a server growing up, like my young adult. I, right. Yeah. Right. So, I yeah. But still, I didn't leave a tip, so it didn't really matter, I guess. I mean, okay, so I mean, we're not we're not just confessing past indiscretions today. <laughs> we're actually talking about something real. This is a thought. Um, this is a thought that just kind of came to mind. A little chicken scratch gospel moment that came to mind it, as it pertains to sin. There is no dine and dash. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, let's go to Hebrews real quick. Hebrews eleven. This is known as like um, you hear if you hear preachers talk about it, they'll call it yeah. the Hall of Faith. This is not the Hall of Fame. This is the Hall of Faith chapter. And so we'll have to do a, maybe a Hall of Faith uh, CSG at some point. But mm. Hebrews 11, uh, verses 24, 25 says, By faith, Moses, when he was grown, refused to call the son of Pharaoh's daughter, or refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to suffer oppression with God's people rather than experience the fleeting enjoyment of sin. So sin is what, what it's talking about here is sin might be enjoyable for a season, but then sin sends you a bill. And no matter what it is, sin never gives you anything for free. Sin takes. Mm -hmm. Sin takes from you. And it's easy to forget these truths when you're kind of in the middle of, you know, the act of whatever the sin may be. Yeah, my my dad used to always say, um, you're responsible for your own actions. And with everything you do, there's always a consequence. And so whatever you do, think about it. Think about it really hard because you're not going to get away from the consequence. You're going to be responsible for decisions that you make. And right. I think in this area, we can't just do things because in the moment, you may, you may get away with it for, for a little bit. Right. And, and then you're running. And then you're running really fast from it because it, it has a way of catching up with you. And so you never could really completely get away from something that you've gotten yourself into. Absolutely right, man. Absolutely right. And you know, the, there was, there's, there's this, you know, the law of physics, you know, states that for every action, there's an equal and opposite mm-hmm. reaction that started in the Bible. Okay. That wasn't yeah. just some, uh, you know, physicist that said, actually, this is what it is. The Bible very clearly says you reap what you sow. Right. <laughs> so whatever you're planting, that's what you're going to reap, and, and which can be a scary thought uh, if we really were to sit down and take a take account of every single seed that we've ever 
uh, planted. And it's not like we, you know, when you're in the act of it or when you're caught up in, you know, enjoying this season of sin or the fleeting joys or enjoyment of sin for whatever that time may be. It's not like you're going out looking for it. Oftentimes, even even now, like the, to our listeners, uh, people watching, you know, more than likely, you're not just going around just like, man, I, how can I sin today? What can I do to sin today? Like, but things come upon you and then you make you make one choice or you make two choices. You, you start to then do things that are just easier or things that are that are pleasurable right now, as opposed to something that is you investing in kingdom later on. And then you find yourself sinning. And the way that I've always kind of likened it to is um, it's kind of like uh, if you've ever watched um, do, you, do you watch Shark Week whenever Shark Week comes on? I, I like don't. are you a shark? oh my gosh yeah. I love Shark Week man uh, and so like Shark Week they just got and now it's kind of it's starting to get like ridiculous like man versus shark and they'll have like somebody swim who swims faster that's the stupidest thing ever that's a that's a dumb competition you're gonna lose if you if you're in the water and you see a shark give up the ghost or or you could try to get out of the water as quickly yeah. as possible the shark's going to get you if it wants to get you anyway I digress but if you've ever seen like they they show like these close-ups you know when they do like the the great white specials and they like they chum the water and then the, sometimes they'll put like a slab of meat out there because they want to see the the sharks like bite pressure or they want to see you know all this stuff and so when the shark goes to bite onto something right before it bites into it what it does is it rolls its eyes in the back of its head to protect itself so it's protecting so at that last moment it can't see what it's doing it's protecting itself so that it can get a bite or whatever and that's kind of what i feel like happens when we sin like when we sin we know more often than not we know when a bad choice is a bad choice or we know when like a, a choice to you know chase after sin or chase after the flesh we know it's not the right choice so in that moment what we'll do is right before we take a bite of it, we'll we'll disregard. We'll we'll roll the eyes in the back of our head. We'll look the other way, if you will, and then we'll take a bite of whatever's going on. And then maybe feel the after, you know, the aftermath of that later on with with guilt or shame or whatever the case may be. And so that's kind of what I that's kind of what I think about whenever I think about stuff like this. Yeah. I love that you said though that there's a part of us that knows. Right. Because I think that's really important because even if you're not a Christian, you know, there's something instilled in us from the day that we were born that, that tells us, Hey, this is, this is not right. You know, this is wrong. And I, I'm a strong believer. And when Jesus left, he said, I'm going to leave with you the the helper, the right. advocate. Right. And he's going to convict you. He's going to convict the world. You know, he's going to bring revelation. And I believe the Holy spirit in, even in, in seasons of, of when I was living in sin, I knew I was doing wrong. I, I knew it in the in everything, in the act of it, before I was going to do it. Right. Like the Holy Spirit was pounding on my heart, my spirit saying, this is not right. And I think everybody has a moment where they're like, this is not right. But ju- but like you said, like we, we have a decision to make. You yeah. Know? We choose. Absolutely. And, you know, you bring up the Holy Spirit and absolutely the Holy Spirit, you know, when you're when you're doing wrong or when you're about to do wrong, you know, conviction comes. The Holy Spirit's there for conviction. The Holy Spirit's also there for comfort. You know, when, t- when times are rough, when, when you're going through it, Holy Spirit there to lead us, to guide us, to direct us. All of those all of those uh, things are attributes uh, and and kind of side effects, if you will, yeah. of, of kind of experiencing um, the Holy Spirit being active in your life. And so the, I guess the question before 
before those that are listening today is, uh, you know, what what choice have you made? You know, what, think, I want you to think back. Are you are you in a moment where are you in a season where you are enjoying the fleeting pleasures of of partaking of sin? Uh, when when you when you do that, when you make that choice. Is it something that you turn away from yeah. quickly? You know, do you repent quickly? There's one thing that I remember, you know, um, in, in all of like my studying and reading and stuff and in, in God's word, uh, one person comes to mind when I think about, when I think about sin specifically as it pertains to, um, repentance mm-hmm. and that's King David. King David comes to mind because immediately, you know, following this great sin, I mean, what he did, uh, you know, to Uriah was crazy. You know, he, he, he wants to sleep with this dude's wife. And so he sends the dude to the front lines of battle to be killed. And, you know, he sleeps with the dude's wife, the guy gets killed. And then he ends up taking, uh, Bathsheba as, as his own wife. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy, man. When you read that story, the prophet comes and tells this whole thing about how you know you are the man you're the one who's done this he tells the story of like the man who has a lot of sheep and one who has just one little lamb and how this guy with all the sheep goes and takes the one sheep from the one david's like i'll kill him i'll kill him who is it tell me who it is right now he's like you're the one you're the fool that's done it and david is broken like when he comes to that realization uh, of it and and because we can choose to kind of hear no evil see no evil speak no evil in the moments where we want to partake Mm-hmm. in the things that we find most pleasurable right. about sin. But it was after this, when, when David repented, that you see later on that, that David is called a man after God's own heart, that David is called the apple of God's eye. Mm-hmm. After he did all of these atrocities, and I believe the reason why is because the one thing that David understood and knew about God before most people really understood it Back in David's time, remember, they knew about God's wrath. They they knew about, you know, God's judgment. They knew about those things. Something that David figured out was was God's grace. And it was because David would come to him with this broken spirit, with this with this contrition, and he would repent. He would say, I'm I'm, you know, that's me. I'm I'm sorry, forgive me. And so we we have a choice in how to respond when these things happen. Yeah. And I think too, um, there's something to be said about conviction and, and guilt, you know? Right. Yeah. Let's talk about that. The yeah, difference between the conviction. Yeah. And because guilt. the conviction's always going to lead you to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, guilt's going to put a, a heaviness on you. It's not going to lead you to peace. It's going to lead you to shame. Yep. And so I think, um, the whole, this job of the Holy spirit and, and even in my life, I know that I'm walking in that, in that right path because he's, redirecting me to what I know is right. And what I know is the truth of God's word. Yeah. Guilt, guilt has this oppressing factor on you where you're, you're feeling like the weight of your sin and you're feeling guilty for it and shameful and you don't want to show your face and you don't even want to confess it to God because you feel like you're nobody. You'll never amount to anything. And there's just this negative aspect to, to guilt. And so I think those are two, two things that we got to be, careful of because and 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 be attentive to because um guilt can can really really you know hold you down man and yeah and cause you to to just drown in that yeah man um you know and and while we you know we say we say we're talking about no no dining and dashing when it comes to sin and we'll we'll get to this kind of this 
this climax moment, I believe here a little bit later on, but I love that we brought up the difference in these because there is a big difference, man. I think if you're not careful, guilt will lead to gluttony. And what I mean by that is you'll be, you're like, well, what is gluttony is like when you overeat or when you, no, no, no. Like some people are glutton for punishment. If you've ever heard that you're glutton for punishment, man. And that'll just lead you down the path of like depression. Yeah, It'll make you feel like you're not welcoming God's presence. It'll make you feel like you can't go to church. It'll make you feel like you can't read your Bible. You can't pray. You can't talk to God because you just, you're so guilty. And then you become this glutton for this feeling of guilt and this weight that you carry. Whereas conviction never, ever leads to condemnation, right? right? We know what the word of God says. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And I love what Romans 6.23 says. Romans 6.23 is very plain, man. It's very plain. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so no matter how much time, no matter how much of yourself, no matter how much money, whatever, whatever it is that you want to say that you've invested in sin, your earnings, your return will always be death. Always. But with God, you can choose to redeem this free gift of life even if you feel the conviction don't allow the conviction to turn you down this path where you just start to kind of proclaim to yourself that because you're guilty you don't deserve get listen all have fallen short of God's glorious standard every single person has sinned and so there is no good man no not one yeah. i mean i'm just quoting scripture after scripture here if you really look that go go back and look this up there is no good people just aren't just born inherently good we're born into this sinful state and so the point is we have a choice to make even if you are making the wrong choices today you have a choice that you can make to start to invest in another life to 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 say yes to god to choose this free gift. Yeah. You know what, man? I, um, I used to st- struggle with the concept of sin yeah. and how to, you know, deal with it. Um, and I lived in guilt for a long time because I grew up in a very, uh, religious setting and thought that what I did, my, my works would please God's heart. So it was my actions that I felt like had right. to be. And, um, and so I lived a lot of my like young life feeling like, um, man, I messed up again. Yeah. I sinned again. I did it again. Yeah. Lord, I'm yeah. sorry. I did it again. And, and I kept like beating myself up, you know, just beating myself up, um, each time that I sinned or I didn't get it right. Um, which caused a lot of guilt on me. And like you said, it just led me down this road of depression where every time I messed up, I, I felt like I couldn't, I felt like I, I was always missing the mark. Yeah. Um, and God led me to Romans chapter seven and it was, and it was, it was kind of like an eye opener to me because Paul in Romans chapter seven, take time, some time to read Romans chapter seven. Paul's talking about his struggle with sin and, and it's the whole, the whole, this idea of man, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't do, I, I do them, Right, you know, and he's, he has this like inner war with himself. And then at the end of that verse, he says, but Thank God for Jesus Christ, yep. my Lord, my Savior, who redeems me, who who saved me, who set me free, who gives me the free gift of eternal life and not death. And I came to this real, and it and it wasn't a justification or a ticket to 
to go and sin. But it was just this realization that, you know what? I'm, I'm human. You know, I'm not perfect. Right. And God still loves me. And he's still, he's still calling me to come to him each time. There's, there's yes. His grace is sufficient. It's enough for my flaws and my mess ups, you know? Yes. And it was liberating, man. It was actually gave me a lot of freedom to know, like, okay, like, I can, I can struggle, but I can still um, be offered the free gift. I can still live in freedom. And, um, and so if you're out there and, and you're dealing with sin or, or even if it's deliberate, know that, that God is not looking at you condemning you he wants you to come to him he wants to give you the free gift of eternal life he wants you to pursue him yes yeah no and and (laughs) that's so good man i believe you you were you were helping some people there man for sure that are listening man that are that are caught up in feeling guilty thank you for for sharing that because i think we i think we struggle with that and sharing this sharing this account that you know that paul talks about in romans 7 when he's like that thing that i don't want to do that's what i end up doing because we have we have a tendency, I think, sometimes to kind of glorify yeah. the disciples and the apostles and all those things. And we put them on these pedestals and we worship these guys that were just guys. Mm-hmm. They were just people. I hate to burst your bubble. <laughs> if you if you're somebody out there that was like Peter, Peter was the great. He was the greatest man who ever the apostle Paul was the greatest man who ever lived. He was just a dude. He was just a person. And guess what? Even Paul was like, Paul, the same person who was like, listen, if anybody could boast about who the greatest among you is, yeah. it would be me. Like Paul said, <laughs> yeah. remember Paul said that Paul was like, it could be me because he had the best teachers. He had this great upbringing. And then plus then he met Jesus. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh my goodness, y'all ain't got nothing on me. Then a few chapters down, what does he say after that? He's like, but I'm also the chiefest of sinners. Yeah. I'm like, if you're looking for a sinner, I'm the greatest sinner there is. Because he understood this dichotomy between him and Christ and how our righteousness is nothing compared to him. You could never do, this is this is where we get caught up is we feel guilty. Like what you were talking about, how like, man, I feel, you get caught up in guilt and then you feel like, because uh, you're taught you have to do all of these good works. And the more good works you do, then the safer you are. Right. Yeah. You can never do a work good enough that that is deserving of heaven. Period. Period. Yeah. You you will never do anything good enough that will cause you to deserve heaven. Mm-hmm. It is through Christ alone that we have access right. to the kingdom of God. Period. Yeah. And so, yeah. don't make it about what you can do for God. I'm not telling you that you weren't created for purpose and that you shouldn't be out operating in your purpose. Don't take my words. If you're listening, don't take them and twist them and take them and run, run tell that in, in, in a wrong way and take them uh, out of context. What I'm saying is, is if you're looking to be right in the sight of God, it's not going to come because you've done all of these amazing things. And what good is a jewel in your crown if you're just going to cast your crown at the feet of the king anyway? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's people that are out there, man, that they, what they're doing is they're not dining and dashing. What they're doing is they're looking at Jesus and they're pulling out their wallet and they're like, look at all these singles I got, God, <laughs> look at how much I got. And they're just stacking bills upon bills upon bills. Like, look at this thing, God, look at how good I'm doing. Look at all of these yeah. good choices that I'm making. And God's like, okay, yeah, keep making, are you making good choices? To please me, or are you making good choices so that everybody can see your good choices and think that you're just so holy? Yeah. 
you know, because if that's the case, you're going to get a different bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to be happy with yeah. that bill either. And so I love that you kind of that yeah. you that you brought that up because there are some people that are so caught up in shame and you know what I mean? And guilt, because that's a very heavy burden, dude. I remember, um, you know, when I the first my first kind of experiences in church were I was immediately made almost to feel guilty not because of what I had done, because I met Jesus and I was like free. I was like so free. I didn't even know I was bound. Mm-hmm. You know, you ever, you remember that experience yeah. that you had like that first moment, man, y'all remember out there listening, man, or you're, if you're watching, you remember that first time where you experienced God like for real and how like you didn't even know that you were not free. And then you just, man, it just hit different. And you were like, oh my goodness, I'm so free. I can, man, I feel like jumping. I feel like I don't know what to do with myself because I'm so free. And then I immediately was like, you know, people started then kind of putting me in this box, right? Can't dress like that. Can't talk like that. Can't do that. Can't do this. Can't do this. And so I started to feel guilty because I didn't know how to act in church, right? When... I had, I I was not using a logical mind at that point because I was just, Oh, you know, better. You're the, you're the leader. So let me listen to you. And the leaders were saying, don't do this. Don't say this. Don't wear this. Don't do this. And they were giving me all these rules and regulations. Whereas I, Jesus already told me that he was enough for me. Like I I was free a minute ago. Yeah. (laughs) And now, now I'm kind of feeling guilty because y'all are telling me I'm not doing this right. Yeah. You know what? It's, uh, it's our job to preach the gospel, man. It is our job as Christians to present the gospel of Christ to people, the love of Jesus, the cross, the blood, the forgiveness, the freedom. Like that's our job. Nowhere, nowhere in the Bible does it say it's our job to convict people right? and tell them, Hey, you're sinning right there. That's bad. You're going to go to hell. Um, you need to change your behavior. Like there's nowhere in the Bible where it says that. And I lived for so many years um, with people acting as the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm telling me. They were acting as a spirit. (laughs) As a spirit. (laughs) And you know what? It's crazy because it it just made me want to sin more. It didn't make me want to. It made me mad, you know. Yeah. Because I knew the truth, man. And and I believe a lot of people, like we we said earlier, we, we can't say, we can't say that the Holy Spirit it doesn't know what he's doing and he's not doing his job, like let him do his job. Let him do what he, he's, yeah. he's going to do. And so his, his role is to convict and bring and draw people back to, to the father, you know, to Christ. And, um, that's not my job to do that. My job is to, is to speak truth. My job is to speak love. It's to, to, to yes. preach the gospel of Christ, man, that, that, and this is the gospel right here is that we're dead in our sins. Yep. We're, uh, you know, we're nobody without the blood of Christ. We're nobody without the cross and, and, uh, and the Holy spirit will continue to draw us to that. Yes. As long as we're here, you know? Yeah. And, and Paul is also the writer who says, you know what? I'm not going to preach or boast about anything else except for the cross of Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. He could have, he, he had a long list of things that he could have talked about, man. This dude who was going out starting churches, he was installing pastors in different areas and different cities all over the known world at the time. And he was like, yeah, but you know what? I'm not even going to talk about any accomplishment that I've made because yeah. if I'm boasting of anything, I'm going to boast about what, who Christ is, what he did on the cross, and what he's, what he's done for me because it's, that's the transformative power. You know, there, there is nothing that you can teach somebody that is, that is going to transform them. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're not supposed to, we have an episode where we talk about, you know, not conforming to the world, but, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. 
true transformation only takes place at the foot of the cross. Like right. in, until you until you make until you make that that beeline for the cross and that and you start that relationship with Jesus, then then you're you know you're not going to experience the transformation or that transformative life that God has for you. And the truth is, if you don't choose, uh, if you don't choose life in Christ, then you'll right. only experience life in its most temporary form. Yes. And that is not what God, God has more planned for you than to experience life in its most temporary form. Anyway, he says, you know, that it's eternal life. This gift of God is eternal life. That Jesus said that, that you would have life and that you would have it to the fullest, that you would have it in abundance. It is appointed to a man. Uh, I hate to break it to the listeners and those that are watching on the YouTubes, YouTube. but it is appointed to a man once to die one time. Did you catch that mm-hmm. once? And then the judgment comes. That's Bible. Look it up. It's appointed to a man once to die every man. But the gift of Christ is inviting you into an eternal life. So then when essentially when you, when you pass away, when you experience death and then you stand before God and this judgment happens, when he looks at you and you're marked with Christ, then you enter into life and a life in abundance that you can experience this fullness of life and a more full life here on this planet. But also there is an abundant life and eternal life that God has for us to experience the hereafter. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. And th- that's good. And that's, that is in essence, the gospel of Christ, you that's know, the gospel. life and life to the fullest. And I think, um, we can, you know, as believers encourage each other and even, even to non-believers, man, just, yeah. just encourage and let them know like, Hey, there's a better life. There's freedom from, yes. from this temporary life. There's freedom. There's, there's, there's life that, that you've never known of if you just yes. take that step, you know, in faith and follow Christ, man. Amen. Um, and not make it more about, Hey, look what you're doing, pointing a finger, look what you're doing wrong. Look what, you know, and I know like <clears throat> deliberate sin and, and wickedness, man, I know that's, that's serious and God's going to deal with that. And, and I right. believe God is dealing with that with people every day. Absolutely. He's, he's knocking on the door of our hearts, Absolutely. you know? And, um, and I think we we come to this place where it's like, so what what choice are you gonna make? You know, because you know you know God's real and you know He's knocking on your on the door of your heart. Yep. But there's some conviction there. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you. Come on. So what decision are you gonna make? You know, it's time. Come on. It's time, know? man. And don't 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 dine and dash. Take your yeah. bill, take your bill to God. Yeah. If you can't listen, you can't pay. If in if you come to the, this realization that man, I don't want to pay for for my sin. I I. I I don't want to die in this in this manner that the Bible is kind of speaking about. Don't die in a dash. Don't try to run away. Your bills are going to find you out. Your credit your credit score is going to follow you. Yeah. So take your bill to God. Mm-hmm. Take your bill to the cross. Take your bill to Jesus and say, Jesus, can you can you pay for this? Mm-hmm. Because it was one thing that Jesus said on the cross at the at the end of it all before he before he gave up his spirit was what to tell us die. He said this to tell us die. What does that Finished, mean? Yeah. It is accomplished. What is accomplished? It actually, if you look at Tetelestai, it means paid in full. Mm-hmm. You got a bill, take it to Jesus. He'll pay it in full. Yeah. Andy, you got anything to add, brother? Bringing producer Andy in on it. On. Uh, tip your servers. <laughs> tip your, tip servers. your servers. And on that note. <laughs> 
Oh, on man. that note. Bring you some conviction. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. Andy says it's time for recommendations. <laughs> I love the abrupt ending of the recommendation music. Uh, it's time for recommendations. Uh, what do you got for us today? You know what, man? Um, this is kind of an old, older book, but um, I love it, man. We read it a, a while back, actually, and um, in a time in our lives where we were overscheduled and exhausted and overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, Bill Hybels is an amazing, he's a legend. He is, um, yeah. Amazing author. But uh, he wrote a book called Simplify um, by Bill Hybels. And he's basically talking about how to effectively simplify nice. your life, man. If you're feeling exhausted, overwhelmed by doing too much um, at work or or at home or family or whatever ministry, like he gives some practical applications on um, how to slow down and simplify your life. And so it helped us a lot during a busy season in our lives just to bring things into perspective. So I like that. Simplify. Man. Yeah. Bill stuff. Hybels, man. He knows, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. He knows what yeah, he's talking man. about. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring, I got a, I got a two, I got a two parter. Mm. Are we allowed to do that? I have a two parter. I feel like I, these, these books go together. That's why I'm going to share both of them. There's one of my favorite writers and, and one of my favorite theologians ever, A.W. Tozer. Um, and he wrote these two books. Um, he actually, one that's probably the most popular is this book called The Pursuit of God. Mm-hmm. It's a book that most, most teachers, preachers, communicators, whatever, they, they learn about this book, The Pursuit of God, because it's an amazing book. And, uh, and, and it is The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. But he actually wrote uh, a kind of a, a couple book with it, a book that was, was supposed to go with it as well, which is called God's Pursuit of Man. So The Pursuit of God and God's Pursuit of Man by A.W. Tozer. Those are our recommendations, and we're sticking to them. That is also all the time that we have today for you here on Chicken Scratch Gospel. Make sure that you follow us on social media. Do us a favor. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you like what's going on, hit like, hit the bell for notifications, and we'll see you later. Go love like Jesus. We out.